1: to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Justine Willis-Toms, who is the author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World. Welcome, Justine, to the New Dimensions Cafe. And I'm just um, thinking quite deeply along the lines of the the chaotic times uh, that we are in, and there's a great amount of fear in the world right now. And I wondered if you might share with us How do we bring ourselves back to a space of, as you've so beautifully put in the book and covered, of joy, of knowing who we are in these times, of interconnection with others, and of having a sense of possibility, even when things seem so dark in our world? How do we do that? And I think maybe we could start with the story Chinese bamboo, I believe, is it, not?
2: Right. It's a metaphor. Public Like a Frog, I believe, is the name of the book that this first appeared in. I hope I'm quoting that right. But he tells about the Chinese bamboo metaphor. And it's very interesting to me how this works, because we often become despairing of, well, how is all of this going to turn out? There's so much uh, devastation in the world, people are suffering, there are wars, There, are, there's the climate change, there's, I mean, I could go on and on and on, we all know that. And, and then we think, oh, it's all just too overwhelming, and we just want to pull the covers up over our heads. And then I think about this story of the Chinese bamboo. Apparently, there is a particular species of bamboo in China. And if if you plant the seeds in a good soil and you water it regularly, in the first year, nothing happens. You see no evidence that there's any growth happening. And you continue to water it and care for it for the second year, and nothing happens. And the third year, I mean, it goes on and on, year after year, seemingly nothing is happening. There is nothing showing up. Yet in the fifth year, you start to see these little green shoots starting to appear. And, in that fifth year alone, the Chinese bamboo grows a total of forty feet within that one year. It shoots up. you can practically see it growing forty feet, four zero, forty feet in one year. And it just reminds us that even though we can't see. What is underneath all that root system that is developing and all that activity that's going on underneath our ability to see clearly something is going on. So I bring that up as an encouragement to us that even though we don't see that undercurrent of the connections that are happening, of all the people who are waking up to be more mindful, to be more conscious, to be more kind to one another, all those acts of kindness, they're not reported in the nightly news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that. Right. But so you have to look for it in other ways. And I think that that's where we are now that we need to care for our bamboo, to water it, to be conscious and to be attentive to what is good and right in front of us to do, and then to allow it to grow of its own accord and to to be optimistic about that, to really know that something good will come of this. Even though we don't see it clearly right now, Mm. it's it's really important that we continue to hold this in a good way, to hold each other, to encourage each other. I also think about the story of the geese, uh, if I may talk about that for a moment, because Mm -hmm. um, geese have a wonderful way of flying in a V, and there's a reason for that. The head goose is 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 breaking the air and makes it easier for the goose behind it. Each goose behind has it a, a little bit easier. Another thing that they do is that they honk at each other. And that's they're encouraging one another. They're encouraging that leader who is taking that lead and breaking that air, the first one to break the air. They're encouraging and saying, hey, you're doing a good job. Go for it. Keep going. And the other thing that they do is that they change leadership that lead mm-hmm. goose isn't always the lead goose. They mm-hmm. take turns. Mm-hmm. And then the last point about the geese is if there is a goose that is in trouble, wounded or, or sick or something, and it falls out of formation, it's never alone. Another goose will wow. come mm-hmm. and sit with that goose until it either gets well or passes on. So the lessons of the geese are very relevant to our times, that we need to encourage one another, and I I do this in circle work myself, that I sit in circle with people who support me, friends of the heart who support me in my fullness, and in circle you also share the leadership, so not one person is always having the burden.
1: That is such uh, what feels to be a a very big point of these times, too. Uh, it's been said that this is not the time of the lone wolf. And I'm curious, if you would, please share with us, what are you seeing in regards to the shift of our understanding of leadership? What's happening right now, Justine?
2: Even corporations are starting to see the benefit of that collaborative leadership. Those corporations that are most innovative are the ones that are seeing that it's not a top-down sort of thing because that that has such a limitation in creativity and it's becoming more and more apparent that collaborative leadership is the way to go that we are we really support each other in our genius mm-hmm. by by collaborating rather than uh being in fierce competition mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and it's not really uh Molly and either or either I mean sometimes it it's really good to have a leader to have someone. A catalyst of sorts. A catalyst. I'll put it this way. I, I think Bill McDonough, uh, the anticipatory de- design architect, talks about this. He talks about how if you're on an airplane, the pilot of that airplane has total responsibility for the safety of the entire Airplane, All the passengers, all the crew, the buck stops with that pilot. But when the pilot gets off of the plane, just because he's a pilot doesn't mean that he has wisdom about how you should invest your money. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and oftentimes, you know, we get this celebrity consciousness that if somebody's famous, then they can... Mm-hmm. Give us advice on all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So to know our areas of expertise, take responsibility for that, mm-hmm. and and to contribute that. But our assignment that,
1: per se—that's
2: our assignment. <laughs> but know that that's not the whole of the right. collaboration because collaboration is made up of lots of experts and different different avenues. So I I think that we need to look at how we can better listen to one another deeply, to not be attached to our own way of seeing. I, I recently had a conversation with a dear, dear friend of mine, who said it doesn't even matter if we vote or don't vote because things are going to hell in a handbasket and it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. And I felt deeply bereft when I heard that. And then when I looked deeper, Molly, I realized, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really attached to an outcome here. I have a mm-hmm. preference about how I want things to turn out and who I want to see in office. And I could feel myself just starting to contract over what he was saying. And subsequently, we've had some conversations since then, and I could start to open up that door to really hear his viewpoint, to really feel into it, Without Mm -hmm. being afraid for him or afraid for myself. And to open it up and to be curious about, oh, well, I wonder how it would be. Suppose that if my preference of who gets elected isn't elected, well, that will be interesting, you know, and not to be so afraid of that, because Otherwise, it just closes up the creativity. It closes up and makes us pursue just a, one certain result mm-hmm. when the universe wants to present us with a myriad of results. And so, he was
1: sharing something very sacred of his own truth yes, with he was. you. And, and as dark as it may have seemed... It sounds like you stayed in a space of although you you shared with me a moment ago you felt bereft, deeply bereft. It sounds like I could feel that in you. You also held consciously a curiosity for what may be to come and an openness, like you say a looseness of of what might come in the future. Is that it? Well, in in this case
2: because I love this person so much and have such deep respect, I was willing to be open to his viewpoint.
1: Do you think that was cathartic for him and for the, and, the experience that you shared? And yes, shared?
2: because he really wanted to be heard. And I ended, the first part of our conversation, I ended, I said, well, you know, I'm not going to change your mind, and you're not going to change my mind. So if we just left it there, then we would just agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Well, where does that leave us? We might as well have two tape recorders talking to each other. And that's the whole point, is that we need to participate with one another. We need to engage with one another. We need to really deeply listen And know that there may be more to this beyond our own limited belief system to just bust out of our belief systems and start
1: a newness of being and a newness of thinking. Thank you so much for that, Justine. I've been speaking today with Justine Willis-Toms, co-founder, executive director, and host of New Dimensions Radio. And she's also the author of Small Pleasures, finding grace in a chaotic world. If you want more information about the work of Justine Willis-Toms and New Dimensions Radio, you can get there through, of course, the New Dimensions website, which is newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. I'm Molly Rowan Leach, and I want to thank you so much for joining us at New Dimensions Cafe. Please do join us again.